0: Welcome back to Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. I am really, really, really excited to come back um, to the podcast. We've taken some time. This time we've actually taken some really deliberate time. I um, decided that a while ago that the original idea, the original concept of the podcast had kind of gotten lost on me, lost on some of the podcasts. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like things take a personality of their own. And we kind of wrote it out for a while. And we had some amazing guests and amazing opportunities. I loved listening to all the stories of people's personal growth, personal struggle, entrepreneurship, um, clothing lines, uh, you know, whatever it was, what else did we talk about porn stars, I mean, really, we covered some some ground, we talked to people about um, reproductive rights, we talked to people about music, we talked to people about food, I mean, we've just bathing suits, we've really, like I said, covered some some ground. And um, this summer, I sat down with Lindsay, who is my wonderful producer and Carter, And we just kind of sat around like round table and started shooting the shit. And I just said, listen, if we're going to do it, I want to I want to get back to the why of it. And I think for me, when I originally started the podcast, I was young in the business of the works um, and we were just like everything was brand new. Everything was very shiny. Everything was like, you know, we were just kind of just we were literally just holding on by the seat of our pants. We had so much going on Um, and I feel like I'm in a deeper space now in, in a good way, like there's, there's more richness um, in the community that we've cultivated, in the needs of the people that are listening to the podcast, in my own personal needs. Um, I feel that I'm more grounded in who I am <laughs> as well. And so one thing that we talked about when Lindsay and Carter and I sat and we're kind of you know, throwing back and forth. Do we keep the podcast? Do we not? If we do, what direction? And, you know, I've been in this industry for a really, really long time and I've always been put in a... um what's the word I'm looking for, in a population, in a genre of health and wellness women, okay? Let's just just start there. And I've always felt like I was the bad girl, like the one who didn't do it like all the other health and wellness girls that were doing a really good job. And for a really long time, I, um, um, I had a lot of what is the word? I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm going to tell you this. Side note: My children have been sick, and I've been sick, and now I'm here. But my brain is still a little bit somewhere else. So we're going to get through this together. But anyway, um, I've had a little bit of imposter syndrome. That's what I was looking for, and I don't want to live like that. And you know, I I talk about Lindsay a lot, but she was so great, and she, I was like, you know, she's like, well, what about health and wellness? And I was like, I just don't know if I can go there. And she's like, why not? Like, look around at what you know, like the works is created and you're the one basically standing in the front. I always joke. I'm the one that pays the bills, but it's true. And like, we're all real people and, and I'm not taking away from anybody else who can totally dive into a vegan lifestyle, meditate for 30 minutes every day, this, that, these are all great tools. Like I I actually have some of them myself, but for me, that doesn't complete like the real full life that I live. Right. I live a very big life, a very, very busy life, a very messy life. Um, I overindulge sometimes, I underindulge sometimes, I work out too much sometimes, I lay on my ass too much sometimes, you know? And I think there's something beautiful about wholeness and wellness that comes from fully accepting who you are. And and I don't say that in a way like, you know, if I, if you have like a raging disorder in one way or this and that, just be like, well, that's it. That's who I am. But when we accept who we are, like where we are, that's when we're able to work on those aspects of ourselves and not in a harmful way. I was listening to a podcast actually uh, the other day with a woman who is um, in health and wellness, and I really enjoy her. She has... Um, a, uh, her Instagram is shut the kale up and she's recently going through a divorce with her husband and they were asking her, you know, can you give us, I think her name's Janine Ogden, if I said that right. But anyway, sh- they said, you know, can you give us some of your tips? And she said, you know, instead of just stopping a bad habit, she said, what I do is I replace a bad habit with a good habit. And I'm sure people have heard that. I'd never, I don't know why that thought had never crossed my mind. Um, and I was like, wow, that is so genius, right? Like so genius. So instead of just like, I'm going to give up, you know, I'm going to give up drinking a bottle of wine every night. Well, not only am I going to do that, but I'm going to like replace it with something else. I'm going to give up drinking a bottle of wine every night. And I'm going to commit to writing a chapter in this book I want to write or whatever your thing is. Right. And so it doesn't have to be, like a bad thing, a place of deficit to make sacrifice, some sacrifices for your for your, the betterment of yourself and your community and your family and all these different things. I think we can actually do it in a way, and I tend not to use this word because it's kind of a weird word for me. But there's a way that we can do it with some balance and especially some humor um, and a lot of honesty. Um, so recently let's see, what was this, two two or three weeks ago, my husband and I, <laughs> I somehow talked John into going and spending three days in a cave with me <laughs> and a medicine man, a healer um, in New Mexico. And I got hooked up with this guy through a buddy of mine locally who had worked with him and who had worked with my friend, Tom Hodges, who many of you know who has ALS. And um, I got to work with him when he was in town. And it was... Like, one of those, like, core memories that will probably stay with me forever, it was very, um, very pivotal for me. Um, that day that I went to go, the day I was driving out to um, work with him, I had no idea what I was getting into. Like, I was like, are we meditating? Are we massaging? Like, whatever. Like, a few of my friends were like, he's going to do body work on you. And, and it's it's painful. And I'm like, oh, whatever. Painful. Ha ha. Like I, I whatever. I'm tough. Literally had no idea. <laughs> I mean... When I tell you, I was screaming, I was biting the sheets. It was the most painful experience I've ever had. However, let me backtrack. So as I'm driving over to meet this guy, um, I had known that this was coming. But my, one of my mom's very best friends passed away um, that day. And I got word that she had passed. And growing up, my mom and her, they had been friends since they were like little girls. And we lived with her. Her name was Pat. We lived with her when my mom was going through a divorce with my dad. And her and my mom always called me Say. And they were the only people in my whole life that called me that. And so when I got into on his table, you know, I, sh- I show up in pure Sarah fashion. I'm like, you know, I I humor is such a big part of my life. But sometimes I can also use humor as like to like kind of diffuse where I really am. So we're kind of like shooting the shit. He has a killer personality, really great guy. And I lay down and he put his hands over my face and he was like, you've got so much sadness in you. And I just like lost it. And I started absolutely sobbing. And he was like, I said, I lost someone special to me today. Um, and he said, yeah, he said, and there's all right, y'all stay with me. Okay. <laughs> he said, there's three people in the room with us. And then every single hair on my body stood up and I was like, okay, I've been here now for five minutes. What is happening? He said, and I don't even know if he knew my name because he had seen, he saw 40 people and they're like two, three hour sessions within four days. So, I mean, he was just like going through seeing people. And he said, they're trying to call you something. It's not Sally, sis, they're trying, say. And I was like, what the fuck? No one, no one calls me that, but my mom, Pat, and my best friend in Raleigh. Yes. And he just said, he told me, he's, he's Native American. And he said, he said, in the Native American tradition, we mourn people for seven days, and then you have to let their spirit free. And I said, okay. He said, I told him about grace. I told him about my mom, which has been many, many years. And he said, do you want to get rid of some of the sad? And I said, yes. He said, "Is it? does it hurt? Is it painful in your body? And I said, yes. He said, it's going to be painful coming out. And I said, okay. So... <laughs> basically he rearranged every single bone in my body but there's there was moments that I was like oh my god oh my god I like I remember at one point I sat up on the table and of course I go there I'm texting my friend Jen on the way because I'm coming flying in from work like in a pair of sweaty pants no underwear you know nothing but a sweaty sports bra and I'm like what do I wear she's like she's like I wear a bathing suit I'm like great so I get there but naked (laughs) like naked as God made me (laughs) laying on this table and he's at the bottom of the table. There's like some loose, like prison sheet laying on me. And he has his thumb in my calf muscle, which is this, they call the seat of the soul. And I sit up and I mean, I have one leg like over my head because I'm like freaking the fuck out. And he's like, lay down. And like, I mean, there he saw uh, uh, into my soul, I'm sure. But he, so it's like, he releases as soon as he releases your whole body, you feel like you're flying. I mean, I, it's the craziest experience ever. And the reason, the way that he found out about this is that his mother many years ago, 29 years ago was sick. She got diagnosed with cancer and it was terminal. She had three months to live. And, um, she, he, she went to a healer and the healer said, I can't heal you, but one of your four sons can. And at the time he was, I believe he was in insurance or accounting, three children just living his life. And he started getting these downloads from God ultimately. And um, she was in remission for, uh, I think, 27 years. She died two years ago. And he's worked with people all over the world. I mean, he has people fly them in from... He has people that fly him... He just got back from Switzerland. Like, he has healed children that have had, like, crazy diseases. Like, autistic children who have never been able to speak before. He's helped them speak and get on grade level. Like, and it's very... (laughs) you know, I'm like, kind of like, should I be talking about this? Should I not? I did speak to him before I talked about this because I wanted to make sure it was okay with him. Because another thing he doesn't do is he doesn't advertise. He says, if I advertise, I'll have no life. There will be people lined up at my house because it is so amazing. It is so healing. Um, but he said, yes, of course you can, he said, it's your experience, Sarah, share your experience. So, um, anyway, so after that I went home and I told John all about it. And, you know, John, has lived with me in my woo-woo ways for many years. But a few of our buddies that live in town that are, you know, kind of like John dudes, you know, big old dudes. And um, they went and saw him when he was in town and um, they all were like, no, no, this shit's real. Like it's real. Um, And not only does he work with you with some of, you know, our emotional trauma and our physical trauma is so related. Like it's unbelievable and like, What we think, like how we feel, it's expressed in our body. Like you just think about like your posture, right? So when I'm like, if you're sad, like you're just going to pull your shoulders forward because that's a protective state, right? Then automatically as you pull your shoulders forward, you're going to start to pull through your spine. Okay, so now your back hurts. Now your back hurts, you're depressed, you feel bad. Now you're going down this path of like physical pain, mental pain, like all this anguish. And a lot of it when um, we spoke about is stems from worry. Like we worry, 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 worry. And so when John and I got out there, we first met at his house, um, and he's so normal. Like when I tell people, you know, oh, you know, he's a healer, he's, um, Native American, he's Spanish, you know, I I thought this too. And of course here I am like completely like setting myself up. I'm like, oh, this guy is going to be wearing tons of turquoise and this and that, you know, like, of course I have my own bias in my head. No, he wears like a, a sweatsuit and Nikes, um, strongest man I've ever met. And he's so approachable and kind and just, and, and let me go back and say this, too. this isn't like an advertisement for him. This was my experience. That's why I'm sharing it. Like this was a very impactful experience that John and I had. So John and I get to Santa Fe, we go to his house, um, and we sit down and he starts to kind of explain to us how this all started. Like I told you about his mother, um, how he started working with other people, how they've traveled. I mean, how he's worked on people from all over the world, uh, famous people, people like me, sick children, people in other countries. He works on animals, um, like really crazy stuff. And he was talking to us a lot about, um, you know, the, like his, the way he lives his life is he lives his life. And it's a three part thing. He says, you show up You do the work, like do the best work you can, and then you move on because you can't live in the past, right? If you live in the past, there's just, there's so much anxiety there. And if you like anxiety, and also I think for a lot of us, like I could have done better. I think about that with my mom personally a lot. Like I really should have been there for that day or I should have done this, you know? And then if we're constantly living in the future, we're like perpetuating, okay, what's to come? What's to come? Like there's no way of knowing, right? So he talked us a lot about living in the moment and we had the, you know, the billion dollar industry of be present, be present. And we don't even fucking know what it means. I said, when talking about being present, you know, it's such a, a simple concept, but I think I've made it so complicated. He said, yeah, you and everyone else. He said, being present is being here. It's you and me sitting across from each other. You don't have your phone in your hand. I don't have my phone in my hand. I'm talking. You're asking me questions. That's being present, right? That's being here. And the only thing that we have in the moment is being here. So he worked a lot with John and I, who are both like perpetual busy people, planners. And I think a lot of us are, right? We've got children. We've got lives. We've got friends. We've got significant others. We've got businesses. We've got bills to pay. Like you have, you know, we're constantly going, 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 going. And it's really easy to lose ourselves in That place, I know this summer, for me personally, I put a lot of effort into um, our state of South Carolina's reproductive rights. Um, We were on a six-week ban, which right now we're not, thank God. But it made me really sad in my body. And when I saw him... That was kind of towards the end of the summer and when he said you have so much sad in your body, I knew that was part of it because I had told Grace's story over and over and over again and even like Carter had told me and John had said to me like I feel like I've lost you some and it doesn't neither of them are saying or anybody saying like you don't keep fighting for what you want but like don't lose sight of what's in front of you. Right. Like don't lose sight of the beauty of the babies that are in front of you or the relationships that are in front of you, because you just can't get out of this place of anger. And, and, and that's me personally. Right. Some people have completely different personalities, mentalities like they might be able to sustain more. Like I've I learned a lot about my boundaries and my boundaries don't make me weak. They make me strong in my places of like my zone of genius. So anyway, we go to this cave and this cave is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. So it's built on the... It's it's a cave. It's built in a mountain. And the cave is... Um, the mountain that it's built into is where Al Capone hid. So it's like, it's really hard to get to. And of course, <laughs> he was like, when you guys... You're going to fly into Albu- Albuquerque, either rent a pickup truck or get an SUV. And so John still in his mind i don't know if he thought like i was like we're gonna go we're gonna heal we're gonna have this couple's retreat i don't know i don't know but he got an suv but he ended up getting a porsche suv <laughs> i guess he was just trying to live out some fantasy and <laughs> i mean i don't know how we didn't wreck this car but we pull up to this guy's house before we go to the mountains he was like that's the suv i was like we're here <laughs> So we get this SUV. It takes a really, really long time to get there. The road to get in there is just like all rocks. It's like straight up and down. We pull in, and this so there was this man, and I'm gonna look back and get his name, and I'll try to have we'll try to put it in the episode so you can um, look it up. He's like in Wikipedia. He's a cave builder, and he took three years to build this cave, and it was just him and a pickaxe. Tarpon Cellars is a Napa Valley winery with Southern roots crafting community through wine, art, music, and philanthropy. Helmed by winemaker Jeremy Carter, who is a regular at the works, Tarpon Cellars produces single vineyard wines with minimal intervention and free of sugar and additives. Their popular Combero series features unique yet approachable blends that are food friendly and driven and incredibly aromatic, all under $30. My favorite is the Zinfandel I got to try last week. I paired it with a to-go pizza and I felt very fancy and it was very delicious. Don't worry, I finished the whole bottle. (laughs) All the wines are bottles in post-consumer recycled glass with a back label that features a link to a curated Spotify playlist. And you know how much we love a curated playlist around the works. You can buy Tarpon Cellars locally in Charleston at Bottles, Graft, Island Provisions, and the whole line is available for purchase through their website, tarponcellars.com. Sip on the good stuff and feel good while doing it. Tarpon Cellars donates 2% of all wine sales to Southern-based social and environmental impact nonprofits like Charleston Waterkeeper and Oyster South. So guys, enjoy yourself something good and do something good this holiday with this delicious wine and cheers. This cave, like he's an artist and so there's like all these different, he like in the cave, he put different chairs, like one chair is for meditation, one chair is to let go of evil spirits. Like the bathroom in there is beautiful. And by bathroom, I mean the tub it's, you have to pee and poop outside. That's an outhouse. But, um, there's a very small kitchen that has a sink and there's like a toaster and a microwave, um, a little fridge. There's a bedroom and we did all the treatments in there. Everything is like, there's these huge skylights. Um, and the healer comes in and he moves his table in there. And so we just worked in there every day and we each had two sessions with him every day. And we talked a lot. We talked and talked. He talked to John a lot about business and, you know, as much as, like, <laughs> we're living in this place where, you know, women, I think, especially, it's like, you know, damn the man and this and that, we do, we, and I mean, I'm on board a little bit, but, um, you know, we do live in a place where there's, there is a lot of pressure put on men um, to provide, and, to do for their family and to keep everything together all the time. Or I guess I can speak for my man. There's a lot of pressure. I think it's like generational pressure. Um, And he carries that really hard and it's like hurt his body basically. So we talked a ton about you know, you can only do what you can do. You can't go back. Um, I mean, you can say you're sorry, of course, but you can't really go back and fix yesterday's mistakes and you're not going to solve tomorrow's problems. And just, if you can stay in the zone of like being right here, there is so much joy in that. So he worked through a lot of the physical trauma in our bodies. Um, and then he, you know, he just, we talked a lot, I mean, about marriage. He talked a lot about to us about his marriage. And it's so funny how, you know, you've got two early 40 year olds and, A couple late 60 year olds that live in Santa Fe and have a totally different life live off the grid. And John and I live here in this super, like, you know, city life. And we are all talking about the same shit. (laughs) We're all yelling at each other about the same shit. All we want is love. We were talking about. Um, like how when you're first together, how like, you know, like sex is so exciting and like everything, you're like walking across the room and all of a sudden you're having sex. And he was talking about how he's like, I don't even know what the signs are anymore. He's like, I was laying in bed the other night and my wife touched me with her foot. And the next day or two days later, I was like, you don't even give me any signs anymore. And she said, I touched you with my foot two days ago. <laughs> and I was like, that's so true. Right. So I think for us, like, to just going and being able to just be with someone who was physically working on our bodies, which we both need because we're really hard on our bodies, um, but who also could just, like, look at us and be like, you know you're doing a good job. You're in a good place. You love each other. And not that that was really, you know, like ever a big question, but I think anybody that's been married or in a relationship for a long time or has children, it's just like, we get so caught up in our lives that we're sometimes when you take a step back, you're like, what, what have we even created? Right? So it was just nice to take a pause and to, um, just to be with John and to be with this healer and to, be able to cry and to be able to laugh and to be able to talk about real things. We did some transcendental meditation as well. Um, which if you haven't done, it's really powerful. Um, it, it takes you through, he took us through a light sequence. Um, and so you were laying down and he, he worked on us each individually. It's only one table, one person. Um, but we were kind of each of us around the cave while the other person was working. There's really not many places to go. You don't have cell service. There's no TVs or anything like that. Um, So you kind of like experience each other also in that space of trauma. Like the first session that John had was like the first session I had in Charleston. And it was really, really painful. And I mean, he was screaming and I had like this moment. First of all, I had like several moments, but I was like, he is going to fucking leave. (laughs) And then I also like had this moment of like tenderness for him. I was like, my heart broke because I was like, he's hurting. But then as soon as the healer like releases his hands, you're like, (gasps) Like it's wild. It's absolutely wild. But so when we are doing the transcendental meditation, it's uh, a series of like, he does like the light work on you. So you see all this different light and your body is filled with light basically. And the color that I saw for the whole meditation, it took me a while to get there because I'm so in my head all the time. It was probably like a 45 minute meditation. It took me, I had to really focus. Like I knew I was still in the room But I kept having to tell myself, breathe and focus. And clearly, the more you do something, the better you are. I am not great at doing stuff like that, and it makes me want to do it more. But as soon as I got into my zone, it was like I felt like I was underwater. And I couldn't tell if my eyes were open or closed because I could see, like in the cave, I could see everything around me, but we were completely underwater. Um, And afterward, I asked the healer I said were my eyes open and he said no your eyes were closed the whole time because he was standing over me so I think I was just in I, I knew what it looked like and so and in this I started going towards this like white little white light and it was my mom and she the white light said to me she said I love you but you don't need to be here now you need to go back and it like pushed me back down and then I was back in this like blue color and he said blue color is love And he said, your whole being was just filled with love. Um, And so that was really powerful. (laughs) And, you know, it's just to tap into that part of your psyche, to tap into that part of your body, it um, reminds you that there's so much more than what's just in front of us every day. Um, That there really is something about, like, the human spirit that does just want to be connected, that does just want to feel love, that does just want to to have experiences that take us out of the everyday and drop us into like our birthright which is to be heard seen and loved and being in that cave for 3 days was definitely a pretty amazing experience something I'll probably never get to do again but it was an exceptional experience and took me really far out of my comfort zone i i on the day before we went and i always do this whether i'm giving speeches in large formats or teaching big groups of people, I do this thing where I get really, really angry, <laughs> like the day of or the day before. And I'm a total bitch to everybody. Everybody. So here's how it is. I'm a bitch. This is, this is me. Everybody's annoying, okay? And everybody on my team's annoying. And then like, whether it's like a big group of people, or in this case, it was this healer or whatever, they don't know anything and they're dumb, okay? <laughs> so I'm a bitch. The people that are with me are annoying and wherever we're going, they're dumb and they don't know anything. Okay. (laughs) And all that is, that's my, that's fear, right? That's my fear of not having control of people, not understanding me of people, not liking me of it, you know, all of that. And I know it, I see it now. So I saw it happening on the plane. Like, I was just like, Oh, I don't even want to, why are we even doing this? I wish we were just going to check into a hotel. And then I, I mean, I remember I was texting some of my girls at the studio and And they were like, you're going to love it. You're going to, I, Carter is always, you know, one of my ones. And she's like, in four days, you're going to text me how amazing that was. And I have to do it. And she's right. Right. And I did. Um, so You know, sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times it's important to get out of our own way and out of our comfort zone because it's really fucking easy to live the mundane day-to-day. And I understand that I do live a life where I have the opportunity to do things like this. I do have the help to have childcare. I know not everyone can get up and travel to New Mexico, believe me. However, we can all take a walk, like, in the woods. Go take a walk where we live. You can go take a walk on the beach for free, right? Like, put the phone down, turn the TV off, It is really, really fucking loud out there, and it is not pretty a lot of times. Um, And we just got to get back to base, especially if we want to fight the good fight. You can't fight on fucking empty. So when I came back, I was like, I'm going to focus on one foot in front of the other and doing what I do best, creating community, speaking my truth, and really coming from a place of love because that's all that matters. So that's what I've been up to. If you're still listening, (laughs) I am so excited to be back with you guys. We um, are relaunching with an episode every Monday and um, we're going to talk about lots of different things, different topics. We'll have a few guests on and, you know, the thing about it is, is like I said before, I think that we all have gifts, we all have zones of genius, like win and flow. I love connecting, I love talking to you guys, and I love this community. So thank you guys for staying with us for so long, for listening, for sharing. We are gonna come back strong. It's gonna be fucking great. You know it is. So share it with your friends. Tell everybody, holler from the roofs, see ya.